John Cena finds himself a tag partner for WWE Fastlane. Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar battle it out for the WWE United States Championship. And once again, Charlotte Flair gets another title opportunity to chase after her 16th title reign. All of that and much more to discuss on this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. And whenever you are tuning into this video, my name is James Porcelli, and welcome to another edition of Rootless Talk. Hopefully everybody's enjoying their weekend. And again, I apologize for this uh, for this review, uh, for this episode to be out so late. But of course, it has been just one of those weekends. It's been busy. I've had to uh, you know have a lot of business to take care of this weekend. So I appreciate everybody's patience for this uh, for this SmackDown review. As that's what we are going over today, Friday Night SmackDown from this past Friday. So I appreciate everybody's everybody's patience. Um, so, you know, once again, hopefully everybody is enjoying their weekend as we are finally approaching the end of this calendar year. Fall is upon us, so there is a lot to get to as we are nearing closer to Survivor Series and, of course, the end of this calendar year leading into the Royal Rumble and, of course, WrestleMania 40. But, of course, today is all about Friday Night SmackDown from last night as we will be reviewing this show from top to bottom uh, also, right before well, before we get into the show, I should say, um, on Tuesday, I know that there was a big pay-per-view last night, uh, NXT No Mercy. Um, I will be going over that, um, over that pay-per-view on Tuesday. So I will be doing both a little small review, maybe not too broad of a, of a full review show for NXT No Mercy, but I will be talking NXT No Mercy as well as Monday Night Raw. That is going to be for Tuesday. So make sure you guys look out for Tuesday. For that episode when it comes out. And of course, also tonight is AEW Wrestle Dream, as that is uh, on tonight as well. That'll be talked about on Thursday for Thursday's episode um, when that time comes as well. And of course, you guys know we are right back at it next week when we talk SmackDown. Of course, any other, I'm sure, breaking news stories that comes out, who knows, with stuff with Endeavor and stuff with Jade Cardgill. Who freaking knows? And we're going to get to Jade Cargill as she was, uh, I guess you can say, promoted uh, in this uh, in this show with her signing and being a part of uh, WWE's Performance Center and and being a part of training and all that and all that jazz. So, but we're going to jump straight into jump straight into all that, man. Of course, you know, like I mentioned as well last episode, there's a lot of other special guests to be a part uh, in the works as well. There's also a little little bit of a little bit of a project that I've been also trying to work on as well in regards to getting a bunch of members on here so uh that will be uh that that is still in the works so make sure you guys stay tuned for for what's to come because there's a lot of good stuff uh that's going to involve a lot of people in this community uh to talk pro wrestling with both me and brian and everyone else so make sure you guys stay tuned for that as there's a lots of juicy good stuff coming away for you guys today so i'm going to try to make this review as short as possible i am currently at my uh my workplace. <laughs> I'm currently at uh, F45 Indian Trail, the studio. So I'm not going to try to make this review 
as broad as it needs to be, um, of course. So this will be a short and sweet for everybody. So I'm going to dive straight into this SmackDown review as we are now almost, I want to say, less than two weeks away from WWE Fastlane. And there will be a, a show covered on that, a good, the bad, and the ugly for that said review. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that as well. That'll be some time uh, next week. So make sure you guys stay notified. Make sure that way you do not miss a single episode. So let's dive straight into SmackDown, man. What I will say, and I'll mention this a little bit towards the end of this review. This was very, this was a show that was simplistic, very, very simplistic, but also very effective in a way. You know, I've I've stated many times, and I know Brian has as well, in regards to Jimmy Uso's involvement and, you know, just him being a part of the bloodline still just does not sit well with me in regards to how we've gotten here with Jimmy Uso being back somewhat in the good graces. You know, I use that term very loosely with Solo as well as Paul Heyman. Of course, Roman Reigns, like I mentioned uh, in last episode, will be back October 13th. Uh, for SmackDown, as well as he's going to be doing a house show the next day after that. So, you know, Roman Reigns is going to be inserted into all of this once he does return. So I guess they want to, you know, for the time being, WWE wants to continue to make things just as simplistic, but yet effective at the same exact time until Roman Reigns does return or does make his appearance for that October 13th uh, episode of SmackDown. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, outside of my... Just my grief in regards to Jimmy Uso and, and, and his side of the story. And we talked about his side of the story as well as his brother Jay's side of the story and leading into what's probably going to be a one-on-one -on -one match at WrestleMania 40 for this coming year as that's pretty much what's being dragged out at this point. It's just, it's very weird to just how we've gotten, just, we've just gotten here. It's just from, from, from SummerSlam to his explanation after SummerSlam and and again, keeping both of those two separate is no doubt the best way to go about things, but it's just it, it's just a very odd thing to do and just how we've gotten here. However, however, you know how this show and how the last two weeks have kind of played out in regards to in regards to the structure. I always talk about Monday Night Raw and its structure and how every single episode is pretty much the same exact episode on a freaking loop. But with SmackDown, man, you know, even though, yes, it could it be much better than it is? Absolutely. Are there still a bunch of freaking stuff that baffles you, <laughs> especially to me? No doubt. But it's it's effective, man. It's very simple and it's very, very effective. And I'm going to dissect this match by match, segment by segment and talk about it. Talk about it all with you guys um, as we go through this review. So let me not waste any much more time. I'm going to dive straight into this show. Friday Night SmackDown, September 29th, 2023, live in Sacramento, California. Hour number one starts off with Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. They all hit the ring to start the show. Heyman refers to John Cena as uh, the second greatest of all time. Of course, you know, trying to hype Roman Reigns and freaking why they... They acknowledge the tribal chief and I guess his return coming up. I don't know if they mentioned the return, but pretty much just hyping up Roman Reigns and, and how Cena is the second greatest of all time behind Roman Reigns. Uh, he also mentions John Cena is not here on SmackDown, at least, you know, until we get to later in the night, of course. Uh, Jey Uso does his best freaking Roman impression. He does 
he does like the hand gesture thing that Roman does, like giving him the microphone. And then it just, you know, it's, it just results into Jay or Jimmy just snatching the microphone out of Paul Heyman's hand. And Paul Heyman's like, what the, what are we fucking doing here? Uh, just Paul Heyman's again, Paul Heyman tries to make just something out of nothing in regards to how we've gotten to this point. Like I mentioned earlier. So Paul Heyman, his facial expressions is just freaking on point. Um, but freaking, you know, uh, Jimmy Uso, he's on the microphone. Um, you know, he just, he, he talks his, he talks his shit to John Cena, not being here. He's scared. The reason why he's not here, he's scared or whatever. Uh, Carl Anderson, Carl Anderson from the OC, he blindsides Jimmy and Solo Sokoa and Solo. And they're both at the rampway talking to Jimmy Uso. Solo's like, listen, you either handle this or I will handle it for you. And that leads into an impromptu matchup uh, with Jimmy Uso against Carl Anderson from the OC. Uh, no Luke Gallows. I must have maybe missed something from last week because there was no no sign of Luke Gallows in the show. I, I don't know. Maybe we're going to get Luke Gallows the following week in some type of singles tag match. Who the frick knows? But Carl Anderson was the one to bite the bullet here um, against Jimmy Uso as Jimmy Uso ends up winning this match. Uh, there was a little bit of a distraction with Solo Sokoa. The referee was distracted. Jimmy would rake the eyes as they were on the top turnbuckle, rakes the eyes of Carl Anderson. Jimmy Uso wins the match via a super kick and an Uso splash. As this was like, I want to say legit, like not even maybe five minutes, hardly, hardly even that. Um, but both Jimmy and Solo continue the beat down on Carl Anderson post-match. And then, you know, both uh, Jimmy... Paul Heyman and Solo, they walk up the rampway as the deed has pretty much been done. And then Mia Yim, she's rushing to the ring to go to to come to uh to Carl Anderson's aid as Carl Anderson's just left like a pack of freaking, like just freaking again, just in a puddle of his own blood, I guess. Um, and Mia Yim rushes to the ring. Jimmy Uso's just like talking shit to Mia Yim's face at the rampway. And Mia Yim slaps the taste slaps the coffee stains out of Jimmy Uso's teeth. I mean, like, man, that was, that slap, man, freaking hell. Major props to both Mia Yim and, and Jimmy for selling that shit. I mean, that's, you want to talk about a slap? Like, that's Stephanie McMahon freaking worthy type of a slap. Frick, I mean, she laid into that motherfucker. <laughs> and Jimmy sold it perfectly. Jimmy's like, freaking still he's slowly getting up from in like oh what the hell's going on solo's just standing there like dude you you fucking asked for that shit bro i, I don't know i don't know what to tell you freaking Heyman's just like again in like just shock and awe he's just like what the hell is going on like call roman reigns like what are we doing um and that that was pretty much it and then jimmy uso was backstage as he was kind of pissed off um kind of like just taking his frustrations out on all like the all the people in the back saw the suit and ties in the back, like the freaking camera crew and all the equipment, you know, crew or whatever, um, you know, pushing and shoving people. And that is pretty much the start of the show. So look, man, um, you know, again, I you know kind of just piggybacking off of last week. I, I did. I truly really liked how the show went off the air or so, you know, or yeah, w went off the air in regards to taking AJ Styles out of the equation um, it still seems like that once Roman Reigns does come back, we're going to see AJ Styles get inserted. Or again, maybe we see something like a Bad Bunny. They insert a, a celebrity to to face Roman Reigns for this said title at this Saudi show that's coming up. Um, but it seems to me like, you know, your best bet 
um, at least at the top of the list, is going to be AJ Styles. So, you know, I've always said about AJ Styles and the OC, they're not involved in anything. They're kind of directionless. At least they have something. Finally, it's it's taken this company so freaking long to do such. However, man, it just it sucks to see somebody like Carl Anderson just just lose so simplistically. Um, you know, and 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 but still, man, it's just for at least for AJ Styles' sake, you know, it seems like he's finally going to be inserted um into this now it's going to result him into another freaking loss but it's just yeah man i mean there's there's a lot of pros and cons in regards to the the, the oc's involvement in, in regards to all this you know it's fine it's it's great to see them finally be a part of something meaningful right it, there's something that kind of has some ounce of substance because it's it is the bloodline i kind of said the same thing about jay white you know, being now, it seems like he's going to be involved in a match with MJF or a feud with MJF. And, you know, that's something that Jay White has desperately kind of needed in regards to the AEW fan base. Um, and as well as the OC, you know, I think people kind of forget because the OC, as well as AJ Styles, they've been pretty much irrelevant for the longest time. Now, I know they had that shtick with with Karrion Cross, but I mean, guys, let's face it, there was very no effort was put into that shit at all. And if you're, you know, it, but what they do put effort in, or at least what they try to put effort in is with the bloodline. And if you want to insert them with that, you know, I, I can't really say, I, I can't really, really complain about things. However, I just wish that once this is said and done, when it comes to the OC, not just AJ Styles, but with everybody. And I can't really guarantee that, but something, you know, follow suit for for all members of the OC and that includes Mia Yim as well um is that going to happen probably not because like I said you know this is the only thing that outside of the bloodline you know that really that they have to offer in, in regards to the main focal point of the show as well as the United States Championship as well and we'll get into all that as well um but yeah it, it's kind of it's kind of bittersweet you know, it's like finally the OC is involved in something that seems somewhat important because it is the bloodline. However, man, Carl Anderson losing this simplistically, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm again, there's a lot of pros and cons and I'm 50-50 with it. Um, freaking Mia Yim slapping the taste off of Jimmy's mouth was freaking awesome. <laughs> the freaking, the way she laid into that slap was awesome. Again, that was Stephanie McMahon-esque. That was freaking really, really freaking well done. Uh, for sure. So again, man, look, it, it it was very, you know, can I, can I deal, can I do without Carl Anderson losing in a very simplistic less than five minute match? Sure. Um, but you know, th that's really the only negative that I truly have in regards to Carl Anderson, just kind of feeling like, just kind of feeling just like a jobber, <laughs> just, just like, you know, just another, just one of AJ Styles' best friends. That's that's pretty much who Carl Anderson is. When this dude is legit part of a badass tag team with Luke Gallows for the longest time now, but there's been nothing badass about Carl Anderson or that tag team about OC for for fucking years. They they just feel like just a bunch of freaking cronies, and they just feel like a bunch of jobbers. To where we need somebody to take an L to people like Jimmy Uso or Solo. Let's throw the OC in there, right? So that's that's the only that's the only gripe I have with it. But outside of that, um, you know, the freaking you know, <laughs> the, the the start of the show freaking seems like Jimmy is starting to 
slowly is starting to kind of like kind of just go through like the whole just doing shit his way <laughs> i you know when it comes to being involved with the bloodline like he's he's not kind of he's less of stepping on eggshells and he's just like listen if i piss freaking roman reigns off if i piss anybody else off i don't give a fuck he's just like he's trying to like making fun of roman doing his own roman impression with the microphone snatching it out of paul Heyman's hand so yeah man it, it's just you know listen if, if this is what you're gonna do with jimmy and solo and you're going to have him face Cena in a mystery partner, you know, at least, again, simplistically, I, I don't mind the way that they're going about things. Can it be way better? Absolutely. Um, you know, again, with Jimmy Uso, at least they put some time and effort to have Jimmy Uso backstage, kind of the effect of being embarrassed from that slap from Mia Yim. So, again, man, it's simple, yet it's effective. Um, but again, I can go without Carl Anderson looking like a geek <laughs> and, and losing within less than five minutes. So, but up next, uh, Grayson Waller, Grayson Waller and his Grayson Waller effect, uh, featuring Bobby Lashley as Bobby Lashley was a special guest on the show. Bobby Lashley comes on and says, look, man, I, I've, I've made a mistake and it seems like I have to go back to the drawing board, kind of referring to the street profits. Um, and in so, somewhat of friction, you know, I spoke, me and Top spoke heavily about that last week. Um, so again, so it seems like Blashley is, is slowly starting to move on, at least in that point of view. However, the street profits interrupt, they hit the ring. And before Angelo Dawkins says anything, he's like, he's about to get on the microphone. He's like, all right, Bobby, listen. And, and Lash is like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want to hear no excuses. You guys want to get back into my good graces. You guys, you guys want my attention. Prove it. Just just prove it, you know, put the red solo cups away. Really show me that you are fully into this. Prove it to me. And and Lashley kind of walks off. Um, and then like, you know, the street profits walk back up the rampway. They're kind of like, you know, what, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? Prove it to you. It's like, did I stutter? It's like, prove it. Like, you guys know what I mean? Like, prove it to me. Like, prove it to me that you want this, you know, prove it to me that you, that you want to work with me. Prove it to me that you want this change, like prove it. You want the suits, you want the nice fancy watches, like, you know, prove that killer instinct or whatever. Um, and then, you know, the street profits are left. The street profits are left up at the rampway as Bobby Lashley walks off. So I'll, I'll talk more about this later on as of course they were involved in a little bit later in hour number two um, in regards to Lashley. So I'm going to speak a little bit more later on, but I'm going to move on into this next matchup. As Grayson Waller's like, all right, this is awkward. Uh, here, here, here's Austin Theory, everybody. <laughs> like, that's actually gonna freaking cheer everybody up. It's just, it's, it's freaking Austin Theory, right? Um, so Austin Theory hits the ring, and he ends up being in a match with Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is taken, is finally been taken off the fucking milk carton. Um, however, he was just, he just came back to kind of just did the deed, and and lose to Austin Theory as freaking Grayson Waller was at ringside. He get or uh, distracts Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes took a massive, massive headshot to the ring post that he sold beautifully. Um, you know, Theory takes takes advantage of that slight distraction from Grayson Waller, um, and Theory ends up winning this match via a, a town down. Um, so yeah, Cameron Grimes, thanks for coming. You hit the showers, go back to catering. Titus O'Neil, he just made his triple-layered moose cake. You you go enjoy. Uh, we don't have anything for you, uh, but it was it was it was good to see you. <laughs> so uh, look, in, in Cameron Grimes' aspect, man, it just it sucks that Cameron Grimes just is just there. 
Um, I mean, this dude was, I'm surprised that, you know, I mean, and who knows, does this dude eventually is seen out of a job at some point too? I, I don't, I, I don't know because clearly there is nothing for this guy uh, at all. It, it's clear as day and it sucks that this dude was just brought in to lose to Austin Theory. However, post-match Theory gets into it with Dragon Lee um, through the crowd as Dragon Lee was watching this matchup. Um, as that's going to be a matchup next week, Dragon Lee versus Austin Theory. So, yeah, I mean, Cameron Grimes was just used to lose to Austin Theory to hype up Austin Theory for a match for Dragon Lee, um, as Dragon Lee was once again involved later on in the second hour as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, with Cameron Grimes, man, it's just like, what the fuck? It's like, you could have just put a fucking... A fucking jobber in there. The Brooklyn Brawler, Barry Horowitz, like fucking somebody. Instead of just throwing Cameron Grimes out there for no fucking reason other than to just take an L and try to pump up Austin Theory. Um, it, it's just, it, it's weird. Um, and I feel bad for Cameron Grimes. This dude was freaking tremendous in NXT. And ever since he's gotten here, he defeated Baron Corbin in less than eight seconds. And that was it for Cameron Grimes. There was nothing. I, I just don't understand if you don't have something for these people, why in the fuck are they on the main roster? It, it doesn't make any freaking sense to me at all. If there's no plan. Why put them out there? If there is nothing that is furthering Cameron Grimes in his direction, why the fuck have him lose? At least for Carl Anderson and the OC. Yes, it was a very simplistic less than five minute loss to, to Jimmy Uso. But, but at least moving forward, and again, we'll see if AJ Styles is going to be Roman's opponent for this Saudi show coming up. You're going to see more of the OC, and what happens after that you know, remains to be seen. Who freaking knows? But with Cameron Grimes, man, he loses and, and, and nothing. You know, he just loses. You know, nice, nice knowing you, Cameron Grimes. Hit, hit the showers. You know, we'll, we'll call you when, when we need you to take another L. Appreciate you, buddy. It's, fu it's just it's fucking weird. So, it's, again, it's a fucking Austin theory out of out of all people to pump up a a dragon lee match and we're going to get into dragon lee a lot in this in this second hour here uh moving forward so yeah man just you just hate to see it for cameron grimes you just really do we move on into hour number two and this is our united states championship match this was Rey mysterio versus santos escobar Look, man, uh, look, before I go further into this match, I really truly wish that there was just more, there was just more, just more care going into this match. And again, if people were resting on the fact that maybe Santos can turn, might turn on Rey Mysterio, that's fine to an extent, but there really hasn't been that much effort put into it. I mean, guys, let, let's be honest. I mean, I get it, you know, they they finally teased a somewhat of a turn from Santos Escobar in this match. But guys, overall, there's been no stock, there's been no effort, and there's been no care to make the LWO that freaking memorable. Outside of that Puerto Rico show uh, for Backlash. Outside of that, the LWO, and again, there was a point where LWO was bringing in merchandise. There were top five, top six merchandise sellers, and they have done everything up until this turn to make the LWL feel nothing more than just, just another faction on the roster. Like I talked about bullet club gold over an AEW, 
you know, it's just, it, but the difference with, with bullet club gold and LWO as of late, as a unit freaking LWO, all they do is either get 50, 50 booked with wins and losses and matches, or they just fucking lose and just look like schmucks. It's one of the two. Um, and that's, that's the difference, man. So now you want to tease a heel turn, which again, if people want to rest on that, that's fine. But just, I wish more was invested within really truly making this new version of the LWO special. And that's, that's it. You know, it's just, and and putting a title on Rey Mysterio, putting this United States championship, listen, I get it. We like Rey Mysterio. We want to see that one final title push from Rey Mysterio, but adding a United States championship in regards to this feud, I don't know. It's just, I just don't think it's really truly needed. However, yes, this is at least in regards to that championship, at least finally after from what this match was and how this segment kind of went about things, this is no doubt one of the few involvements with the United States championship that actually people can, can seek, sink their teeth into uh, in regards to, you know, is Santos going to turn on Ray you know, who's going to get involved, this and this and that, you name it. So at least in that aspect, in regards to the prestige of the title and making people, you know, f- making the title feel important because of what's what's involved with these with these two people. Is it needed, though, for the title to be involved? You can make that argument and say, not really. Um, and that's really it. But let me dive into this match here. Um, as Jay Uso and Solo Sokoa, they were causing chaos backstage before this match even happened. So Jimmy Uso attacked Shante, Shante Diodonis, Diodonis from Hit Row. Um, there are no, I don't know if you can call them Hit Row. It's just Shante as well as B-Fab. I guess B-Fab is now just going to be the manager for Adonis. Yeah, that's just interesting. Because, um, I mean, Top Doll is no longer in the company. He was a part of WWE releases. So he was a part of... An ass whooping from backstage with Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa as they just annihilate Ashante's. They, you know, Jimmy Uso was whooping him, you know, uh, just kicking him while he's down and beating the shit out of him. Solo hits a spinning solo through a table as they're kind of just taking out people that could potentially be John Cena's partner. Not sure if Ashante, the Adonis, fits the bill. And if people can believe in that saying, oh, yeah, Shante, man, he really could have been John Cena's partner for Fastlane. Okay, that <laughs> but I listen, I I respect the I respect the objective behind it. It's just like the person that you're involving with potentially being seen as partner. Well, he's out of the equation. He can't be seen as partner because we just beat the shit out of him. I highly doubt that anybody thought that Ashante was the Adonis from hit row was going to be John Cena's partner. I'm just saying, Um, but look, man, it it was, again, I love segments that are taken backstage, taken away from the ring and you're making Jimmy Uso and solo feel somewhat freaking dominant. So, you know, I guess beggars can't be choosers in that regard. I just wish it makes more sense in regards to the people that you are involving, but I I don't, I don't know. It's just, but moving on, moving on. So, this United States title match, Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar. So, Rey Mysterio hits a 619. Escobar sidesteps the frog splash from the top rope. Rey Mysterio counters a maneuver from Santos Escobar, and Rey Mysterio wins this match via 
the awe-inspiring, the ultra-devastating roll-up finish. Rey Mysterio wins this match and defends his title or retains his title via the roll-up finish. After the match, Rey Mysterio, he, uh, he extends his hand to Escobar. Selena Vega is also at ringside watching all this go down. And hey, listen, decent match, man. I mean, look, you know, if you're going to do a roll-up finish in regards to this type of setting here, you know, two people, they, they're they showing mutual respect. It's like, ah, oh, you got me. You got one up over on me. You know, it's like protege versus the mentor. So at least there's somewhat of a connection to do the roll-up finish, right? And again, listen, people think that I just shit on the roll-up finish just to shit on it, I'm sure. Trust me, man, if you do it, if you do it in a way to where it somewhat makes sense and it doesn't derail anybody, you know, moving forward to what they're involved in, I'll freaking take it. This was one of those moments in regards to in, in regards to the roll-up. Um, but Rey Mysterio extends his hand. Santos is is, is hesitant to shake uh, Rey Mysterio's hand. And out of nowhere, uh, the Street Profits blindside Rey Mysterio and Escobar as they just lay them out. Um, you know, they're, they got their suits and all. Kind of a similar attack that they did when they they first came on the scene as heels three to four weeks ago um, as they take out Mysterio and Santos Escobar as well as the rest of the LWO. The, uh, Lashley's walking down the ramp with a big smile on his face as he's happy what he sees from the Street Profits. And again, they take out the rest of LWO. The other members came out to, to Mysterio and Escobar's aid, but to no avail. And yeah, Lashley and the Street Profits stand tall as it seems like that little, they're officially, it seems like, uh, or how do I phrase this? San, or the Street Profits, they finally got the gist and now Lashley and the Street Profits are now stronger than ever as, as now they stand tall as this led to, or this is going to lead into a tag match, or I guess a six-man tag match with... um. Uh, the Street Profits and Lashley against Mysterio, Escobar, and one other um, one other person, which is probably going to be Dragon Lee. As Dragon Lee, as he was look, as again, he's still he's still watching all of this unfold. You know, he was a part of Austin Theory's match early on, and he's trying to jump the barricade to help freaking Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. I did like that little touch there uh, with Dragon Lee. So it seems like Dragon Lee is going to be a part of or be a part with LWO um, in this matchup at Fastlane against the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. So let, let, let me let me try to to wrap this all up into a bow here. I'm going to start off with this match. First of all, the match was damn solid. Uh, definitely enjoyed this match. And again, you know, listen, you know, there's times to where like, listen, my hand, listen, the hands are tied. I wish there was more care and effort put into leading into this match, but you know, I I did the best I could to enjoy this match for what it was, and they 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 did a damn solid good job uh, in in regards to in regards to this match. And again, they they pretty much kind of wanted to rest on the fact, oh, is 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 Escobar going to turn? Is this the moment where we see an Escobar heel turn? You know, where does Selena Vega and the rest of LWO fit into all of this? So. To an extent, is fine. And again, the roll up finish. I'm not going to bash the roll up finish. You know, I'm. In this type of environment or setting, I, 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 I'm, I, I can believe that type of finish would go down. It's just like the protege 
or Rey Mysterio, the mentor, just got one up on his his uh, his protege, which is uh, which is Santos Escobar. So to that extent, it it, it makes sense. It, it makes sense to kind of do something like that. Um, however, you know, again, it's just the other believability is that you know Rey Mysterio is a much smaller dude. Santos Escobar is much bigger than him. So how believable is really that roll up finish? But again, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna really I'm not gonna go too overboard in regards to the in regard to the finish but um so that's that you know fine with the match the match was fine when it was don't mind the roll-up finish for what it was now let me get to the street profits and bobby lashley look and i i spoke heavily about this as well um last week i just don't understand why within not even a month we're playing this Lashley and Street Profits friction. Now I get what they're doing, right? And can it work? Sure. However, we've earlier on in the night, Lashley says, "Listen, if you want, if if you want to, if you want to get back into my good graces, prove it. You know, put the red solo cups away, put the funny comedic shtick away. Like this is serious. You guys need to get serious." when it's time to get serious, which I've been, it's ironically, that's what I've been asking the street profits to do for the freaking longest time. Now, you know, I like the street profits. I like their shtick for what it was, but now it's time for them to truly evolve. You know, it's kind of funny that everything that Lashley is kind of, you know, stating here is everything that me and Brian and everyone else I'm sure has kind of stated with the street profits as well. So look at, to that extent of the story, listen, I get it. I, I, I truly get it. And I understand what they're trying to do in regards to really, truly trying to connect people with the Street Profits. They're known for being the baby faces and being the happy-go-lucky tag team, having a good time, having the Red Solo Cups. But now they truly understand that now, now teaming or being a part with Bobby Lashley, they need to, in order to really take over, they have to, they, 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 they really have to get serious and really buckle down. So I, I get that, guys. So trust me, I truly, truly get it. However, you get that. You get that promo. I'm like, okay, so we're, we're going to create a little bit of a slow burn. It's like, listen, you got to prove it to me, right? And then in the very, the very same night, after the same, the very similar attack that they did, the Street Profits, when they first, they came onto the scene with the new suit attire and everything, and they aligned themselves with Lashley, not even three to four weeks ago. And it's the same attack, the same the same shtick with Lashley coming out with the big grin on his face. It's just like I was not expecting for this for for the for the official salute or resolution to be to be solved within the same night. You would think like for Lashley, like listen, like after this freaking loss, like you, you're gonna really need to prove it to me. Start you know win a match here and there. Create some chaos backstage, you know, put yourself on notice, make a name for yourself. But within after one attack, one blindside attack, and all of a sudden Bobby Lashley's like, eh, bygones be bygones, I'm happy, let's freaking do it. Um, when they showed that, they showed that three to four weeks ago. So if, if, if all of that, for three, just for three to four weeks to, to get us to here, to get us to this point... I don't understand what the whole point of all this was. If they were going to slowly build this to where the street profits week after week, they get, they get meaner, they get nastier, you know, everything that Bobby Lashley has told them to do, you know, 
that would be one thing, right? But on the same night, you know, Lashley's like, prove it. Prove to me that, you know, you guys are who I've who I saw in the same team that I saw in that has true potential three three weeks ago when I when I got when I put you guys on board. And within that same night, the, the Bobby Lashley's just like he has this big grin, like he like they just won. I don't know. It's just it's really it's just really odd. It's like again, if there was if there was like you know it's it's it, you know it, you would think for Bobby Lashley's point of view. I know I'm stuttering here because <laughs> I'm just I'm baffled in regards to this. If there was if, if this took Lashley, listen, now it's going to take more than just one blindside attack. Like you, I, I need to see more. I need to truly see that you guys are fully are fully into this. And then after the same, the same similar attack that they did when they first started the shtick and now bygones are bygones now. Like that's just weird to me. Um, yeah, man, look, I, I, I said what I said and I stuck by it last week with the street profits and, and, and just all of a sudden, you know, we don't even know, like we haven't really sink our teeth into what this faction truly is. Yes, we know it has potential, but within already three to four weeks, you're causing this tension and expecting us to care. It's it's just everything's just kind of weird. Like you could have just had them debut the way they debuted and just have them go on that mean streak for the last three to four weeks. Right. And then maybe you like you could do some backstage segments for people like Ray, because I know the gist of of the whole roll up finish last week, which I spoke very highly on or just spoke just very passionately about and the street profits getting rolled up and taking a loss. It's just freaking weird. But you saw like the hesitation that Dawkins played in regards to, uh, do I want to win this way? Do I want, do I not want to so again, that aspect of the story is, is, is fine. It's just, again, <sighs> If you're going to do the same attack like they did when they first started, what what was the point of all that? Especially in the same night, right? Like Bobby Lashley got his, he got what he wanted within not even an hour. It's like, prove it to me. Prove it to me that you want this. And within an hour, bygones are bygones with the Street Profits. That's just weird. So... If this would have took several, like a couple weeks, you know, for again, like it's going to take more than just one little attack for you to really get back into my good graces that I could understand that then there's a conversation, but this and how all of a sudden then the snap of a finger, poof, they're back together. There's all smiles. It's like nothing ever happened. That's just weird. I, I don't know. You You could have been just doing. You just been you could have just been building up this faction for the last three to four weeks, and you can you can do some segments in regards to like Rey Mysterio and Santos and people backstage, like yo, like Street Profits, like what happened, like you know this is not the Street Profits that we know since we we came to WWE, like what happened to you, Bobby Lashley's using you, like he's you know he's manipulating you, like this is not you guys, this is not who you guys are. And you can create like some cool backstage segments, some cool backstage attacks, some vicious attacks, just little things like that. Instead, it's just like you, you create this slow burn and which is not even a slow burn. This lasted like not even a week and two weeks. So that's just that's just my confusion in regards to that. So 
now we get into LWO, right? This whole LWO shtick. So look, I, again, I I do like the, you know, where this could go in regards to the heel turn. And, and I do like the fact that there's finally substance to what the LWO is doing. It sucks that it has to relate into a heel turn for these for this faction to split up to finally get people people's interest but you know here 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 we are so and then you have dragon lee being involved so it seems like to me that you're gonna see dragon lee be a part of the lwo at least for the time being you're probably gonna see them be involved and i'm I'm guessing it's gonna be a six-man tag um at least from what they promote i guess they challenge that they challenge the street profits to a match at Fastlane, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and Dragon Lee. And if you're going to do this turn with Santos Escobar, does Rey Mysterio and Dragon Lee become attached to the hip? And then you do Santos Escobar, Legado del Fantasma, they fully become heels. Not sure where Selena Vega, you know, it'll be interesting to see where Selena Vega fits into all this. I guess she'll be back as the heel with Legato del Fantasma, that seems like kind of the simplistic, more effective way to go about things because they were originally the faction coming out or starting on the main roster months ago. Um, so, but then you're left with, so then you have Legato del Fantasma once this turn does happen and hopefully it makes it, they make it special. Um, and then you have Rey Mysterio and Dragon Lee and they'll, they'll probably have to find another partner to face off in some type of six-man tag. Because you know WWE, man, and pro wrestling, we just love our six-man tag matches, and that seems like where it's going to go about things. So, and so that's the case here, is, you know, who's going to be that extra partner for Dragon Lee and Rey Mysterio? Well, why not Carlito? Carlito is, we know, he has been heavily involved with LWO, especially from, from Backlash in Puerto Rico. You can involve him into this situation. Just saying, man, you know, it, it just makes more sense because Carlito is familiar with this faction or at least was part of that that whole street fight with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest and the LWO, everything being involved. It's just it it it's sitting in their lap. Let's just say that. And you can even though it's it's a six man tag and we see a bunch of them, bunch of those fucking matches on a freaking loop. At least that would be something if they put care and effort to it to be like, OK. I want to see where this goes because I'm sure they also similar to Jay Uso and, and Jimmy Uso in a one-on-one -on -one match. Once that turn for Santos Escobar happens, because it's, it seems like it's going to happen. The seeds were planted after that match. It seems like Santos is Escobar. That heel turn is evident. So if that's the case, man, it seems like they're going to want to drag that out. And the way to drag that out, you do, you know, some type of a six man tag with Legato del Fantasma, Rey Mysterio, now Dragon Lee seems, I mean, the seed was planted about Dragon Lee being a part of all this, especially, you know, because he's going to be probably a part of that six-man tag with uh, or against Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. So it's it's evident. So, and look, man, and, and with Dragon Lee's involvement, right? So I, I stated from just this past Monday night on Raw, you know, I don't mind Dragon Lee. I don't mind his style of wrestling. Just make me care about him. What is he involved in? If you're going to involve him with the LWO, I'm all bored, man. That's a great introduction to Dragon Lee. 
However, why the fuck did he have to lose to freaking Dominic Mysterio? I understand, man. It was a good match. But does every NXT call-up need to result into them losing a match? I get it. There's victory and defeat. But guys, not for every single fucking superstar. Every NXT wrestler that comes that, that, that comes out of your brand is just losing right out of the gate. It's just so weird to me. So I, I wish that very first impression didn't have to be a loss, <laughs> but I guess they want to just showcase because that's just the that's just the world of professional wrestling that we're in. They want to showcase Dragon Lee as the high flyer and all the sequences and all the moves. And now here he is on SmackDown and he's going to involve himself with the LWL. So I, I digress, man. I just wish there was a better first impression for Dragon Lee. But here he is. He's going to be involved with the LWO. He's involved in something here. And I get, again, man, I guess, I guess beggars can't be choosers at the end of the day. So, so that's what it seems like it's going to go down, man. It seems like, you know, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, they're, they're hopefully finally going to continue to rack W's and rack momentum, starting with Fastlane uh, coming up in the next week. And now you, you create, you continue to start creating that tension, hopefully, finally with Santos, Rey Mysterio, and everyone else involved in LWO. So, so yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it. You know, again, I wish there was just more stock and effort and care about LWO leading into this into this turn, you know, cuz LWO is just once again, they felt just like another another faction on the roster that just doesn't feel important at all, even with Rey Mysterio holding on to a championship, you know, and it sucks that it has to come to the LWO feeling special with pulling a heel turn or pulling a turn with Santos Escobar turning on Rey Mysterio. But here we are. So I'll give it a chance. There's a lot of potential in this. Santos Escobar, you know, definitely if they do it properly, if they really make people care and invest it into this turn, it can work. Um, and then the Street Profits, man, listen. Seems like this whole little shtick is done. I think it was just it, it, this, that whole shtick of like the little small friction because Lashley, you know, needs to see, needs to be, you know, proven wrong in regard to the Street Profits that they're fully on board with being by his side. The fact that it only lasted two weeks is just weird. But, but here we are. But hopefully moving forward, you know, they, they stay as a unit and, they catapult into a true dominant faction. So we shall say, uh, Jade Cardgill, uh, was, uh, was promoted for the show as they, you know, Michael Cole, as they announced, you know, Jade Cardgill officially signing with WWE, you know, there again, man, WWE is putting a lot of stock and effort into Jade Cardgill, you know, her, you know, training at the performance center. So, you know, man, and I know there's been, there's also a lot of people that, are just kind of confused with the whole Jade Cargill situation in regards to, you know, oh, I don't see the hype. I don't understand how, you know, nobody really truly cared about Jade Cargill. And now all of a sudden people think she's going to be a star. Listen, from again, I right, right from out of the gate when Jade Cargill was a part of AEW, I said it right away. I'm like, okay, she looks the part. She has a great, she's got a great physique and everything, but you know, out of the gate, man, I was the first of, first of, as I'm sure many said that, listen, you know, this woman has the look, but, you know, can she, can she, you know, evolve in this wrestling thing? And over time she has, and I've stated that 
many times with, with Jay Cargill in AEW. When, you know, AEW tried to make her feel like a top star, even though that whole title reign was just very underwhelming, even though, you know, what kind of catapulted that was her undefeated streak. But yeah, I mean, Jade Cargill, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see if you see what she's, her work and her, her in-ring work, her mic skills, that over time she has gotten tremendously better. And she, and for a short amount of time, Jade Cargill has done, ha, has done major improvements, you know, up, uh, up until this point. So yeah, man. And look, again, it's just, it's just the reality. You know, a lot of people say like, oh, why do you know people think that she's going to be a star? I don't get it. Well, I don't really think it's even that it's just, it's clear as day that that's what WWE is going to do such. Now, regardless, if you feel like if, if W, if, if she's that talented or not, that's, you know, that remains to be seen of course but of course that's also the eye of the beholder um i truly think that she she has what it takes because of the improvements that she do, that she has made what i hope that she what i hope that wwe does not do is thrust her into the title title picture main event title picture i freaking hope to god that does not happen because the last thing that you need is a, like a is like a Becky Lynch Charlotte Flair situation to where it feels like it's just shoved down your throat. You know, I said it I said it from day 1, man. When this when all these rumors were escalating about Jade Cargill even coming to WWE, put her with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. You really want to freaking you want to push that faction to the moon? You really want to put stock and effort into that faction? Put Jade Cargill with them. Do not, and I repeat, do not put this woman within a title picture right away. Please do not do that. Because that is going to turn fans off really fucking quickly. You know, like I said, whether you like it or not, there is potential in this woman. She does have a place in this company, regardless if that is a, a main event, a main event talent or just someone that's just involved right whatever whatever the case may be the potential is there and it comes to whether or not wwe uses her properly right and it comes down to the fact with not force feeding your audience into that title picture put her in something that's going to in that's going to evolve her as well as going to connect with fans and want to see what she does moving forward and the best case scenario, because it is so fresh, because it is so new, you put her with Lashley and the Street Profits. That is your best bet. If she's going to go to the main roster. I mean, shoot, guys, I would rather you put freaking put freaking Jake Cargill in NXT before you throw her as a singles competitor on the main roster towards a towards a main event scene or a title picture. I'm just being dead honest. So just, you know, so they're they're hyping it up. There's a lot of stock, and I'm sure there's a little ounce of pressure on Jade Cargill to really, to really exceed expectations with the amount of attention that WWE, as well as you know people like ESPN and Sports Illustrated, are putting into her. So we shall see, man. We, we shall see where that goes. But made, uh, but shout out to Jade Cargill. You know, rooting for rooting for her, and we'll, we'll, we we shall see. You know what she does involve herself in when the time comes. 
Um, again, you're probably not going to see her anytime soon. I do feel like they do want to make sure that she is ready and they want to make sure that she is, that there is a plan for her because of the, the, of the amount of attention and stock that she has been getting from this company, but we shall soon find out up next. We have the queen Charlotte flair herself against Bailey. She gets onto the microphone and she states that, uh, Bailey has become a stepping stone like Bailey, like what? What's happened to you? Like, you know, you you were, you know, me and you, four horsewomen, one of the top super top female superstars in the industry. And now you're nothing but a stepping stone while I'll why I become the measuring stick. Right? You know, you're you know, you're 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 all you are is just a freaking a lackey to EO Sky's title reign. That's just all you are nowadays. Um, as she's like, listen, after I beat you, Bailey, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm challenging EO Sky for the WWE women's title. There you go, man. <laughs> and there it is, right? There it is. There it is. There it is. Charlotte Flair going after her 16th title reign. Just eight. I, I just, guys, I'm at a loss for words. I'm going to speak more about it, but I'm just, I'm just a, so at a loss, but I'll speak more about this once I get through this here. But uh, Charlotte Flair spears Bailey for the W. I think this match was like seven minutes in length. Uh, again, you would think, man, Charlotte Flair and Bailey, like this, that, that's the thing with Charlotte. And before I go further into this, Charlotte Flair and Bailey, like that's something that in regards to a non-title feud that Charlotte Flair desperately needs, you put her in with Bailey and you put that and you make that a big fight feel at a big fight at a big stage like and make it make it meaningful make it something that that truly helps charlotte flair and her connection with the audience and, and, and just her her reputation outside of just holding on to a gazillion bunch of freaking titles because wwe has booked her that way like that's what she needs man not another fucking title match but here we are <laughs> just here we are um, so after the match, like Bailey and damage control, they surround the ring. They surround Charlotte Flair. Asuka comes to the aid, which is fucking odd. I mean, I saw it coming. Not, not that I didn't see Asuka being inserted into this, but I thought Asuka was the freaking heel. I again, man, you don't know who the fuck is a fucking heel or a face within this women. You just, you don't even know like Asuka. She could be a face. She could be a freaking heel. I, I, guys, I don't know, man. Asuka has been so, oh my God. I mean, listen, shout out to her and EO Sky. They put on a tremendous freaking match last week. I do want to acknowledge that like I did last week, of course. But ever since, like, ever since WrestleMania, and they officially turned her heel once she did win that championship. I believe that was at a, at a Saudi show after WrestleMania. And I'm like, okay, don't know why you could have just done that at Mania. You just, all that. Just, just for, just for her to win the title at a Saudi show, like why she could have used that moment at Mania, but whatever. Um, and and now it just seems like and now she's coming to the aid, like she's supposed to be a baby face. Like guys, I don't know who these fucking women are. Are they heels? Are they baby? Like I don't, I don't get it, bro. I, I don't get it. Obviously, Damage Control are more of the heels. I get it. Charlotte Flair is supposed to be the fucking is supposed to be the baby face. You would think. Um, 
and, and then you have Asuka, who's kind of been more lost in the shuffle than anything. And that's been the trend with this company is with Asuka. You know, you know, you know, we need someone to take a pinfall. You know, that's not Bianca Belair or Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair. Let's insert Asuka into a triple threat match, especially with someone like Charlotte Flair, because that's why Asuka's involved here, guys. For her to eventually take a pinfall, right? You know, that's that's what it is, man. That That's what it is. And it's also to overshadow the fact that Charlotte Flair is not is not over with this crowd because if they try to put her in a match as a baby face with a heel, supposedly heel with EO sky, it's not going to end well. Why? Because there is no true connection with this audience and she is going to get exposed. And for her not to be exposed, you throw another body into this situation. And that's, and that's Oscar. So again, man, I, I see what the fuck they're doing. They've been doing this for years with with Charlotte you saw it at SummerSlam not too long ago you just you take out a Bianca Belair and you throw an EO Sky it's no freaking different so Asuka she says some words in Japanese freaking Bailey kind of just jumps the gun expecting or just you know seemingly you know understood what Asuka meant as Bailey accepts a triple threat match with Charlotte Flair and Asuka on EO Sky's behalf. As at Fast Lane, it's gonna be EO Sky versus Charlotte Flair versus Asuka for the WWE Women's Championship. As like EO Sky's like and Takato Kai's like, whoa, that's that's not what she said. What 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 are you talking about? That's 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 clearly not what she said. That little okay, that that little that that little sprinkle in there that that was 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 funny, I will admit. Like the 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 reaction from EO as well as Dakota, she was out there. Um but yeah man, I, I just I just don't understand. For I mean, you you put out a match between Io Sky and Asuka, a one on one match, which again, for what it was, was 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 terrific. I mean, those ladies went out there and and they did their thing as we knew they were going to. But all of that for the bigger stage or somewhat of the bigger stage is to insert Charlotte Flair because what's a title match without Charlotte Flair being involved? There's death. There's taxes and Charlotte Flair getting another title opportunity. And, and here we are, bro. And we're going to keep fucking doing this every single fucking time for the test of time. It's just, it's so annoying. Um, does she win this championship? It wouldn't shock me if that's the case. Um, you know, Brian has even heavily spoken that the reason why they would even give EO Sky the championship is for her to, for her to lose it to Charlotte Flair at some point. Regardless of when it happens, man, you know that Charlotte Flair getting her 16th title reign is going to happen sooner rather than later. It is fucking it's just it's it's evident at this point. So, and that's it, man. The same shtick that we've been doing for 8 to 9 years and WWE just either doesn't get the memo or they don't give a fuck. They're just going to force this agenda straight into the dirt and straight down our fucking throat. And that's it. And now we get to the main event. Main event, uh, John Cena. He pulled up backstage in a freaking Mustang. <laughs> Pull, pulls up into a Mustang. He said that he arrived uh, in, in Sacramento. He said he was his plane flew in. And I guess he flew in with his entire wrestling gear. I guess he just travels around the world. Within his wrestling gear with the hat, the t-shirt, and all. 
Uh, but he arrives in his little Mustang and he hits the ring. His music hits and he enters the ring. He holds up a contract saying, and this was, in, of course, regards to the potential tag match against the bloodline. He holds up that contract and says, listen, I can either rip up this contract like nothing ever happened or I can stand and fight. And he states that, you know, regardless partner or no partner, like, you know, when it's all said and done, I'll fight the bloodline by myself in a two on one handicap match. Screw it. Let's do it. Um, and that's when the bloodline, I guess, whatever version of the bloodline you want to call this, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman, they all interrupt. And Jimmy Uso states, you ain't making it to Fastlane, bro. And they're about to, as they hit the ring apron, Cena drops uh, Jimmy while he stands on the ring apron. Cena looks to uh, looks to hit Solo Sokoa with an AA, and he is met with a super kick to Jimmy Uso, and the two-on-one beatdown begins. Solo Sokoa goes for a Samoan splash. They set up the they set up a table spot, the announce table. They 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 un they undo the uh the the announce table. They put John Cena over and freaking uh Solo Sokoa was gonna squash Cena like they squashed freaking uh AJ Styles last week in the same type of setting. And out comes LA Knight. Yeah. He rushes to the ring and clears the ring as he takes out both Jimmy Uso and Solo. As well as Cena got back into the ring, he tosses Solo Sokoa out the ring. L.A. Knight picks up that contract. He signs it on the dotted line, and it is official. L.A. Knight is, will be John Cena's tag partner to face off against the bloodline, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa at WWE Fastlane. You know, Jimmy and Solo are left on the rampway, and L.A. Knight and John Cena are left in the ring standing tall so i'm not going to waste too much time on this i mean this is something i said last week in regards to covid you know if everything kind of went you know went you know in the right direction in regards to la night being back for smackdown the following week you know getting tested negative for covid which again nowadays it takes about a five day um five day quarantine or whatever you want to call it um, you know, once he gets test negative, he, you know, it sets, sets up perfectly for him to come back to SmackDown and reveals himself as John Cena's partner. Um, you know, so not shocked at all. We, me and me top, as I'm sure as a lot of other people called this from the jump last week, that it's still going to be eventually be LA Knight at the end of the day. So yeah, man, I mean, LA Knight gets a massive freaking pop shocker there. I mean, this dude, once again, he, he continues to be the guy that gets the loudest freaking positive reaction um out of anybody in that locker room so so yeah man look it, it here, here's the thing with la Knight. um i love the fact that we're finally getting what la Knight should have gotten seven to eight months ago however man it's just like and i even said this last week it's just if the if the gist is to give la Knight a rub with john cena i really don't know how needed that really truly is to be quite honest with you, like LA Knight has proven to you that he can get that organically and putting him in with John Cena. But I guess that makes you want this company one wants you to make you believe like, oh, hey, he's he's with John Cena. He's in a main event scene like now he's now, you know, we're we're putting stock and effort into him. So I guess you can make the case for that. So I, I just don't think putting him in with with John Cena just. And again, it, is that is the notion to give him that rub because he's with John Cena for more. I guess you could say casual fans to, to care about LA Knight. Who freaking knows? I don't think he needs that rub. He's gotten in organically for weeks and months. So, so that's so that's really that. 
Now, here's another thing before I end the show here as we wrap this as we wrap this review up. I really hope to God, and, and we've seen this for several weeks now, I just hope to God that they don't rush a match with LA Knight and Roman Reigns. Because if that's the case, LA Knight is not going to win that said match. And that is going to pretty much just ruin every single thing that LA Knight has gotten up until this point. LA Knight, more than ever, needs to continue to rack up W's and needs to continue to rack up momentum. To thrust him, to, to, to thrust him very quickly to a match with Roman Reigns does not help him out at all. Um, they now eventually what I like to see that at some point, obviously, absolutely. But I just hope that they don't rush it. I do not rush this to where LA Knight has to take the loss to Roman because, you know, like, like all of you guys know, man, Roman Reigns is not losing that title anytime soon. He is going to be most likely walking into WrestleMania still as your champion at the end of the day. So if that's the case, if they're going to rush this to like an elimination chamber or other small little pay-per-view like like they like to do in between their bigger pay-per-views like the Royal Rumble, Survivor Series and others, that that would be that would just be that 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 would just be odd. Please do not do that. You know, finally, finally you're giving this dude the time of day. Finally, he he's finally being involved as a top guy in this company. And he is rocking with too much steam right now because finally the company is somewhat behind him. And I truly feel like it's because, you know, WWE wants to lock in an extension with LA Knight. And LA Knight's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm worth more than what you're giving to me. And LA Knight, like I said, man, is a smart freaking individual. And he's going to let that shit drag out until at least WWE gets what he believes like he truly has earned. So... Um, so that's pretty much, honestly, the gist of why you're pretty much seeing the, you know, where LA Knight is at because they want, they want to lock in this extension. Like, Hey, look at this push. We're giving you this big push. We're putting you in with John Cena. If you extend this extension, man, you're going to get more booking like this because we see you as that top star. And we've seen this with, for many people, man, we see people at the end of their contracts, they get some, they feel like they're getting somewhat of a push. They're getting somewhat of the ball or the WWE is giving or getting them to roll the punches with that, that, that individual. And then once they sign, man, they go right back to just being just the momentum and everything, just being gone, just being another member on the roster. And that's just what I'm afraid of with LA Knight moving forward. You know, I love, I love what he's involved in. I love that he has been racking up W's as of late. He's, he's actually on a winning streak fucking finally. So all of that is great. The only thing that I just fear for LA Knight is it is a match with Roman Reigns that that ends up being too quickly, that's being rushed, as well as if he does sign an extension, is that a way for you know for WWE to lock him up and put him right back to where he was before? That's my concern. So so yeah, so that's that's pretty much it, man. So LA Knight and John Cena stand tall. That tag match will happen at Fastlane, which again we all kind of saw coming going into Going into the show, um, as I believe LA Knight was rumored to be a part of the show. So for him to be a part of this final segment, I'm sure doesn't shock a lot of people. Um, but hey, man, overall, from top to bottom, I said at the start of the show, and I will end it with the show, man. It was very simplistic. Nothing that was just 
out of the realm amazing, but it was effective, right? It was effective. There was a lot of shit that could have been done way better. You have the you have Lashley and the Street Profits to where their their shtick and their build could have been could have been done in a completely different direction. You know, there's stuff in regards to Carl Anderson not taking a freaking loss. There's stuff in regards to, you know, Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar and how that's been built up towards that title match. But there's a lot of stuff moving forward to where this can work, right? It was a simple yet effective show to where moving forward, there's a little bit of momentum. And I'm talking, I'm talking about this much, just a teensy bit of momentum, right? It did what it needed to do for us to at least somewhat get intrigued or for us to look forward to what's to come with, you know, people like Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, with people like freaking LA Knight, John Cena and the Bloodline. So as well as Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits and where they go, Jade Cardgill and where she ends up. So, you know, was it a great show? Absolutely not. But did it, was it very effective? Absolutely. Um, but trust me, guys, you know, I know it's like, James, have you woken up on the right side of the bed this morning? What's going on here? Uh, look, man, again, you, I mean, like I always say, man, I'm very honest when it comes to these reviews. I mean, there was really nothing that I can say that this was a bad, this was a bad show. There was a lot of direction for a lot of people that, and again, where that goes remains to be seen, but a lot of direction was, was placed with the bloodline, with LA Knight, with John Cena, with the Street Profits, with Bobby Lashley with this United States title with Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. So I, I can't really complain. The only really down, the only really downside I have with the show is with the women shock. <laughs> is anybody shocked? I, I, I'm truly not because in regard, I mean, you guys know how triple H and, and this company loves to book their women's division. And that is just absolutely straight garbage. Um, especially the Charlotte flair agenda, which is once again, putting her, into a fucking title picture. Outside of that whole shtick with the women, this was a very simple yet effective show, I'm sure for a lot of people. But thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode, everybody. This was your SmackDown review. Make sure you guys stay tuned for Tuesday when I do talk um, NXT No Mercy as well as WWE Monday Night Raw. I'm going to gel both of those shows together. Probably it's going to be more heavily about Monday Night Raw um, more, it'll be more of like the cold open or the start of the show where I will talk um, NXT No Mercy and that whole pay-per-view. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Uh, Thursday is when we talk Wrestle Dream. Uh, Wrestle Dream with AEW is that pay-per-view is tonight. So if you guys are watching this, hopefully everybody enjoys the show tonight. That is tonight, Wrestle Dream live in Seattle, Washington. And then, of course, as you guys know, we're right back at it with Friday Night SmackDown uh, coming up, as well as a WWE a fast lane review. I believe that is going to be this coming week uh, for WWE fast lane is that is October 7th, um, October 7th on a Saturday. So that review will be on a Sunday. So I'm not sure if there is, is even going to be a SmackDown review for, for next week. Uh, but make sure you guys stay tuned uh, for any announcements as well as stay notified for when those episodes do come out. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow us on our social medias. Make sure to guys, if you guys join our Facebook page, as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. Thank you guys so much for tuning into every single episode. Make sure you guys stay tuned for more professional wrestling chaos to come. 
And that is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli. You know, ch- tune in next time, and there will be a next time. But for now, I am saying salute, peace out, and take care, everybody.